valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Thank you, Lord, for your word here this morning. God, we ask you to anoint it. Amen. That we would be better capable of worshiping you, of living for you, God, of making decisions for you. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Amen. The uh, the message says mass confusion, mob uproar, indecision valley. God's judgment day has arrived, indecision valley. I like that. Mass confusion, mob uproar, indecisions valley. That's what I want to preach on this morning. My decision valley. My decision valley. The most important day in American history, what it would almost matter who you would ask. Many would say July 4th, 1776, Declaration of Independence. These, I'm sure most of you know that if you put your signature on that document, you were immediately a uh, guilty of treason in England immediately and the uh, punishment would be death so these men who signed that document uh, knew that they were putting their life in peril the moment they signed that perhaps it was April 12, 1861 the first day of the Civil War that ultimately Ended slavery and started modern day America that we know of today. Um, I don't know if you notice like the uh, state universities, the land grants they got, a lot of that came out of because of the Civil War. Um, um, the great expansion, industrialization, uh, a lot of that came out of. Uh, Civil War. And so some believe that the Civil War may have been, for many reasons, maybe the most important time in American history. Perhaps it was December 7th, 1941. Really, the uh, when, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and dragged us into the war we didn't want to be any part of, uh, that really was when we... Uh, usurped our authority and became a world power. That really was. Uh, maybe June 6th, D-Day. Maybe it was uh, July 20th, 1969, when Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. One small step for mankind, right? One large leap or one large step for, or one small step for man, one large for mankind. Maybe it was 9-11. I mean, that sure has changed America. Things have never been the same since then. Probably in my lifetime, 9-11 has, has affected my life and, as an American more than any other day. Uh, things just aren't the same. Uh, you go to an airport, you know it's not the same. Our borders need to be secured. It's not the same. Big Brother's watching. 
It's not the same. And a lot of that is because of 9-11. Because of 9-11. For some people, it's February 4th, 2004. Anyone know what that date is? February 4th, 2004. That is the date Mark Zuckerberg launched the site within Harvard's internet called the Facebook. <laughs> There's a lot of people who don't know if they could live <laughs> without Facebook, right? I'm not one of them. I'm, 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 but, uh, but I know that Facebook is, it brings people together, brings families together, long lost friends, etc. It also causes a lot of problems, a lot of trouble. But uh, it seems that a lot of people can't live without it. For me, it was Sunday, August 12th, 1984. I was on vacation in Texas. I had um, um, gotten a scholarship and, uh, and one, uh, I'd gotten another scholarship, and this scholarship was just a small one, and it was a check written to me. It was from a, a local church. It was a check written to me. And because my education had already been paid for by another scholarship, uh, I was told that I could use the money for anything. And so I cashed the check and, and bought a ticket to Texas on an airplane and flew to Texas on vacation using the scholarship money. I, I was told I could use it for anything, so that's what I used it for. And uh, 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 while on vacation there, I visited a Pentecostal church, and on August 12th, 1984, my life was changed. On that day, the Atlanta Braves beat the San Diego Padres 5-3, and there were two brawls and 19 ejections in that game on that day. On that day, Carlos Lopez of Portugal won the men's marathon at the Los Angeles Olympics. In two hours and nine minutes, it broke a record. And that record stood for 24 years. Pretty cool. August 12th, 1984. I made the single most important decision of my life on that day. On August 12th, 1984, I made a paramount decision. Paramount. Because it was that day. That day that I decided to give my entire life to Jesus Christ. My whole life. I've said it so many times that, that uh, you could tell the story yourself. Uh, the moment, the, that moment at that altar that I was struggling, struggling with giving my life to Christ. Everything, the good and the bad, everything. I struggled with it. Until that moment that I said, God, if you want me to stand on my head for the rest of my life, if that's what you want of me, that's what I'll do. That moment that he filled me with the Holy Ghost as I completely yielded my life to him. Paramount. Baptized in his name. Sins washed away. As the scriptures command and promise us. This one decision would ultimately guide hundreds of thousands of decisions I've made in the last 35 years. Not just hundreds, but hundreds of thousands. A decision to, in the morning, open my Bible and read my scripture based on August 12th, 1984. Absolutely based on August 12th, 1984. 
a decision to do right or wrong, a decision to tell somebody about Christ or not tell them about Christ, a decision to take a job or not take a job, a decision, uh, 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 where would I go to college or where wouldn't I go to college? Uh, who am I going to marry? My children, how am I going to treat my children, raise my children? Who are my friends going to be? I mean, who, who am I going to have as my closest friends? Then who, who, what friends will I have, but, but not as close based on my, my faith? Where am I going to live? What's my occupation going to be? What am I going to do with my day? Ultimately, I mean, decisions on finance, uh, on tithes and offerings, on what I'm going to spend my money on and what I'm not going to spend on. All! uh, My paycheck, you can look at it in uh, our checkbook and you can see August 12th, 1984, all through it. You can see it all through our checkbook. The decision I made, that paramount decision I made on that day, changed my life. It changed it. I am no longer the same. And there is no parallel universe. I don't, there's not a million John Bags living a million different lives based on a million different decisions. There's one. I made a choice 35 years ago, and that choice has put me where I'm at this morning, where I'm at right now. And that choice will determine my eternity. 10,000 years from now, I'm still going to look back at August 12, 1984 and say, that's the day I made my choice for eternity. So I stand here today. I can tell you, church, that one, that one single decision. Hallelujah. It's, I don't know if you all have thought about this the way, the way I have. I sat right there in that second row. And when that preacher was done preaching, and he had that altar call, and it was that Sunday night, that Sunday night, and and I was going to be leaving in the next couple days, and he had that altar call, and I had to decide, am I going to that altar? Am I going to pray for the Holy Ghost? I had been given the Bible study. Am I going to seek God? It, it, I, I shudder to think that I almost decided not to. I almost decided as I sat there, Brother Bill, I'm not going to go to that altar. It was going through my mind. Am I going to go? Because I knew what I had to give up. I knew what was in store. I knew what my family thought about the Pentecostal movement. Not good, church. Not good when you're raised as a uh, as as a young man that there are just some things that you know that you may want to stay away from. Uh, you know, I knew that it would hurt people's feelings. I knew that that it would affect my education. I I knew all these things. And finally, in that valley of decision, I stepped out and I went to that altar. And 
And church, that one decision that I made in my life has blessed me. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. I, I, I say this to you, church. Uh, we should all be happy, and I'm happy too. But I'm more blessed than happy. Now, your goal in life shouldn't be to be happy. It should be to be blessed. We got an eternity to be happy. Amen. I'm not saying walk around like a Debbie Downer. But church, you, you can't live your life based on, on what's the next thing that's going to entertain me to make me feel good. We've got to live our life based on what's the next thing I can do to be blessed and to bless God and to bless His kingdom. Amen. Amen. I want to be blessed and I want God to be blessed. And the greatest moment in my life that blessed me and has blessed God is that time on August 12, 1984 that I said, God, take my life. Jesus, take me as I am. Hallelujah. It was paramount. It was supreme. Hundreds of thousands of decisions have been based on that day. There can be no greater decision than one makes in their life than the decision to put God in your life. There, there is no greater decision. Hallelujah. I wonder today. I wonder today. Amen. The decisions we make in this in the next half hour, if they're going to affect our lives 35 years from now? Or is this just going to be another Sunday morning? Are, are there decisions you could make today that'll affect you for eternity? What life-changing decision could you make today? Is there a possibility that today could be the day that you look back at the end of your life and say, oh, man, I will never forget that day. I will never forget it. What is today? January 13th, is that right? I almost said 19. At 20, 2019. What if today is a day that goes down in infamy in your life? Like uh, Roosevelt said on December 8th. A decision. What is it? It's a, it's a conclusion of an evaluation. You, you've decided it's the outcome of an assessment. It's the verdict of an investigation. It's the finality. It's, it's the point in which one decides. It's a decision. On the day of Pentecost, the, Peter, the people asked Peter, what must we do? What must we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ or the remission of your sins. You see, Peter could have told them all day long what they should do, but ultimately they had to make a decision to do what he was explaining to them to do. Amen. I don't read in the Bible where they dragged everyone to the altar and said, you need to pray this way. You need to say this prayer. You need to, you need to quote this scripture. You, you, you get the impression that they decided that they were going to repent and be baptized. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. They had to make a decision based on what Peter was teaching. So it's important to know today, church, that, that you're not the only one who has to make decisions in your life. We all have to make them. Right? And no one can make it for you. We live in a world where Opinions are asked of other people. 
And church, I want to tell you that many times people's opinions won't match yours. They won't. It doesn't mean you are to throw a temper tantrum because they don't agree with you. That's childish. That's shallow. Uh, in fact, it's interesting that when you make decisions in your life, there are some people who, who are so mad at the decisions you make, they let you know. Oh, you made the wrong decision. Well, how do you know it's wrong? Because it's not my decision. Really? Well, what do you say to somebody who gets mad because you made a decision and they don't like your decision? What do you say? <laughs> right? <laughs> Tough luck. You may have to say, unfriend. <laughs> On this great thing called Facebook. I, I, the more, I tell you, this isn't about me, but, but, but I have just really just kind of separated myself from it here lately. And, and I got some requests via messenger, uh, in the last week or two. For those of you who don't know what Facebook is, you're not going to understand what I'm saying at all. But I got this request from messenger from three different people saying, Hey, I've gotten a friend request from you, but I don't think it's a le legit. Maybe somebody has hacked your Facebook page, which maybe somebody has. I don't know. So I thought, well, I don't want any new friends. <laughs> so I looked up a saying. What would be a funny, a good saying about not wanting friends? And I found this. It was actually a good saying from Martin Luther King Jr. that said something about... Um, uh, uh, it's not my enemies that I worry about, but it's the silence of my friends. It's not the voice of my enemies, but the silence of my friends. Something like that. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool saying, you know. I don't worry about the voice of my enemies, but the silence of my friends. So I copy and paste on the Facebook, and I, and I just said, hey, if you've got a friend request from me lately, it's not legit or something like that because I don't want any new friends. I'm and and somebody replied, "What is this real? What do you mean you don't want friends?" The minister's wife put a sad face on it, and I thought, "Wow, I worded that wrong." So I tried to fix it. Anyways, anyways, it's funny that that people definitely when you make decisions that they don't think are the decisions you should make how opinionated they get about the decisions you made. Uh, but that's the way this world is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not preaching on Facebook today, but, but I tell you, church, all you got to do is publicly post an opinion of yours, the decision you've made on Facebook, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, people are going to let you know. Right? But, but really, you, you're the one who's most affected by the decision you made, right? Our decisions we make for us affect us more than anybody. So so it is your life. It is your life. They are your decisions to make, and, and they do affect you. And old Chinese proverb says about decisions, a wise man makes his own decision. An ignorant man follows public opinion. In this world we live in, church, there does seem to be a shortage of people making right decisions. Public opinion. 
decides for us. Much of what we believe, the media constantly tells us what the majority of Americans think concerning one thing or another. All, just, all you got to do is find uh, the media. It's going to tell you what everyone thinks. Anyone here lately get a phone call from the New York Times asking you what you think about? I never have. I mean, I really do wonder who they're asking all this stuff to. Who are, Brother Mike, has, has the New York Times called you lately? Brother Mike, what do you think about this or that? Maybe they have. I don't think so, though. You see, church, we are so affected by public opinion that uh, 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 the media figured it out. If they can just convince you that the majority believes one thing or another, they win. Whoever wants a change, whoever wants a, a decision to may be made on something, if they can just convince people that the majority believe one thing, then, then they'll get that decision many times. We do it, church. We, we ask people all the time, what do you think? What do you think? I, I have to tell you that I got a little stain on my shirt here. And uh, and as I was ironing my shirt and putting it on, I noticed it. And my first thought was, oh, what's the church going to think? What's the church going to think? But then I thought, you know, I'm preaching on making decisions. So I decided to wear the shirt. I decided to wear it. So if you saw me this morning and you anyone notice it, did anyone notice it? I shouldn't even said it. You know, and I was hoping somebody would say, Brother Bag, you got, you got a little stain. I'm, I'm kind of sad because this will be the last time I'll wear the shirt to get a new one. You know, we, we, we care. What do you think? What do you think about my tie? What do you think about my hair? We get haircut or uh, uh, we get a hairstyle or uh, Brother Bill and I don't really do that anymore. But, but you know, you, we remember the days. I remember going to the barber. I don't. You know, don't go anymore, but but uh, we get a new suit, a new dress, a new, you know, what do you think about it? What do you think? What do you think about this outfit? We go to a restaurant. This drives me nuts sometimes. We go to a restaurant, and we it's a restaurant we've been to a million times. And the waitress comes by and says, what do you want to order? And somebody undoubtedly is going to say, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I say it drives me nuts, but I do the same thing. It's, I'm not pointing anyone out. I do it. I've been there a million times, and the waitress comes. You ready to order? I don't know. Rose, what do you think? What do you, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, we play this game after church about every Sunday. If we're going to go out to eat. You want to go out to eat? Yeah. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I wish to open a restaurant called, I don't know, what do you think? I don't know, what do you, oh, I love that place. Great burgers. <laughs> but it, it, it's true, isn't it? We, we want to know what other people think. Thank you, Lord. And it's, I know that we're all capable of making decisions on our, on our own. I know we are. 
but we care about what people think. And it's funny, the world we live in, all it takes is a funny commercial or celebrity. You get a celebrity on a commercial who tells you what they think about something, you won't believe the number of people who will change their mind based on the celebrity. Wow, you know, so-and-so believes that the sky is green. I guess it is. <laughs> it's important to us, for us to understand today that decisions change lives. Decisions change lives. And we're not just talking about a restaurant. I'm not just talking about a restaurant. I'm talking about decisions that, that are paramount, that change the outlook of life, that change the course of life. One single decision in your life will never be the same. One decision. Probably the subject, the two subjects that I've studied more than any subject is the Civil War and the Titanic. In the Civil War, if you could put it down to one decision, it was Chamberlain out of the main 20th deciding to, 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 to rush Alabama with bayonets because they had, they had, they're out of ammunition and holding them back. They're the end of the line. Who knows whether it would have, who knows whether it would have changed anything? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but, but they say if there was one decision in the Civil War that, that, that changed the outlook, it, it, it was Chamberlain. In uh, the Titanic, if they, if they had just, if they had just decided to not turn that ship when they saw the iceberg, if they had just decided to run straight into it and to shut off the engines, it wouldn't have sank. They, the one decision they made wrong is by turning and by having that iceberg scrape along the side of it. Instead of running flat into it, it wouldn't have sank. Unbelievable when you think about it. One decision. Just, just one decision. On 9-11, there are stories. Have you, you've heard the stories. Uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, there was a, a Pentecostal man. Uh, whose alarm didn't go off, believe it or not. His alarm didn't go off, and he overslept. He worked in the Twin Towers. He, he woke up late. He, he dressed, got rushed, rushed to work, caught the later train. By the time he got to lower Manhattan, airplanes had already hit the, the Twin Towers. Late to work, being late to work. Because he forgot to set his alarm. There's a story of a man who worked in the Twin Towers who was on his way to work. And uh, I, I've done this in the past. I don't do it anymore. But every once in a while, I used to, on a Friday morning, I would stop at Dunkin' Donuts. I'd buy a couple dozen donuts for, for uh, the first floor where we work. And I'd just, just do it. Just say, oh, you know, I'm going to buy a couple dozen donuts for the people on the first floor. So this man on 9-11 did that same, had that same thought. You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop at Dunkin' Donuts. Stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and, and got stuck in line. Late to work. By the time he got there, first airplane had hit the building. He didn't, he didn't even go in. It may have saved his life. Maybe. Now there is one decision on 9-11 that, 
that we know the person's life was saved from it. We know the person's life. Uh, um, I've read his book. I have it on my, my, my Kindle. Her name was Rosalie. She was a guide dog for a blind man, Michael Hingson. And uh, he worked on, the, I think it was the 78th floor. And when the American airline jet hit Tower 1, Everyone, every, she she led him out of their office. Think about this for a moment, church. Just envision this. She leads him out of the office into the stairwell. And there in the stairwell, people are coming upstairs from the lower floors to get to the roof. Because they're on the 78th floor. There's only 22 floors to the top. Everyone is climbing up the stairs. And co-workers in that office said, we're following them. And there was a couple people going downstairs from the higher floors. And that dog motioned to follow them instead. And that man, Michael, followed the lead of that dog and saved his life. Saved his life. I mean, that, for me, stuff like that just, it puts, it shudders down my back. That one decision, just, should I go upstairs or down? Everyone's going up. But I think I need to go down. I think I need to go down. That, that, that one decision. You see, a decision, it, it alters the course of life. If you don't like the seat you're sitting in, you make a decision. You change the condition. If you don't like your job, you make a decision. You change the situation. If you don't like the direction you're going, you make a decision. You change the situation. It's a decision. It's a single decision. But the most important decision of all, I mean, it dwarfs everything. It is the most important decision. No wonder Joel 3 and 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. That's a, a prophecy, perhaps, of, of uh, Armageddon. Because that valley was the valley of Megiddo. Uh, perhaps it was also a... A, uh, a prophecy of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane because he was in that same area when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. I mean, you could preach a whole series, the Valley of Decision. But it, but there's multitudes, and, and we live in a world that is stuck between two decisions. I mean, it really comes down to this. Is there a God? Is there not a God? You, you all know people who believe one or the other. And when people don't believe that there's a God, they live a different life. Right? Hallelujah. Is it cold down there? I'm, I'm cold up here. I don't know if the heat was turned down, but I've, I've got cold. Preach. Hallelujah. People are starving today because of decisions. Decisions on, is there a God? Is there not a God? Wars are being fought because of the decision. Crimes are being committed 
if this world would make one decision, one decision, I want to tell you that this world would be better. If this world would just decide as a whole, there's a God and He's holy. And He expects us to be holy. This world would be different. But no longer does this world believe that there is a God. One decision. So in my life, I've got to make a decision for, for my world, for my family, my workplace, my community. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Psalms 25 and 12. Him shall he teach the ways that he shall choose. This verse lets us know that when we honor God, he teaches us. He teaches us the right paths in our lives. Amen. Church, I'm, I can tell you this for a fact. God teaches you when you honor Him. Do you know anyone who stops honoring God and all of a sudden they just start thinking weird? They start making weird decisions. Then you're wondering, what are you doing? They're not honoring God. And so when they stop honoring God, God stops teaching them. Why would I ever teach you the ways of me if you don't even honor me? That's what He's saying. Why would I ever teach you how to be blessed, how to live for me? How to walk a holy life, a blessed life, if you won't even honor me. And that's scriptural. Right? Some uh, 85% of Americans were surveyed. Again, I wasn't one of them. That were asked, did Christopher Columbus discover America? Christopher Columbus discover America. On Columbus Day, when I was a boy, I don't recall it, I was too young, but on Columbus Day, my older brother, uh, we said prayers before we ate. My older brother prayed to Christopher Columbus and thanked Christopher Columbus for discovering America. My parents, my master talks about it. She said it was the cutest prayer she ever heard prayed by her kids. We all sat at that table, probably held hands. Mom or Dad said, Dave, why don't you pray over the dinner night? And Dave said, Christopher Columbus, thank you for discovering America. Amen. We were taught he discovered America. Well, first of all, church, he didn't. Native Americans were here long before he even was proposed to have gotten here, but he actually never got here. So maybe I can word it differently. Christopher Columbus was the first European to discover America. There we go. Now we got it right. Christopher Columbus was the first European to discover. Wait. No, he wasn't. That's wrong too. We're all being taught wrong. It was the Viking explorer, Leif Erikson. I believe he was the first one. Now I could be wrong because it was over a thousand years ago. But Leif Erikson, it is proposed that he sailed from Greenland to Newfoundland, which is part of Canada, around 1000 A.D. I never was taught about Leif Erikson in school. Maybe you all, you younger folk were, but I don't think Bill and Don and I were. Not that, you know, you're a little younger than me, but, you know, Leif Erikson. That's pretty cool. You know what Christopher Columbus really actually did? In case you want, you know, so we can, I can teach you some truth about him. He brought disease to North America that killed about 90% of the Native Americans in North America. That's what Christopher Columbus did. 
but your teachers probably won't teach you that. And so we honor him on Columbus Day. <laughs> Look, listen, I'm thankful that there's no choices I've made in my life based on Christopher Columbus being told that he discovered America. I'm glad that what that teacher taught, which was wrong, didn't affect my life. But I'll tell you, church, that many of us have made wrong choices in our lives because we have bad teachers. We've been taught something wrong. Really. There are choices to be made in this world. But it's, it's not what, just what to wear, what to eat, what to watch, what's the best movie. We've got to decide what we're going to do about God. Because that's what we wrestle with. What am I doing with God? God has knocked on the heart of my door as many times as I can remember. He's knocked on the heart of my door. And, and I'm embarrassed to say that there are times that I've said to God, knock tomorrow. Knock tomorrow. I'm not ready to make a decision today. I'm just not sure what to do with you, God. But church, we can't wait for God. We've got to be open to him today. Today is the day of our salvation. One single decision. Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Nothing. Church, the, the person who in shaky times wavers in their walk with God only increases the triumph of evil. But, but the person of firm decision moves multitudes of mountains. You make firm decisions in your valley of despair, you'll move multitudes of mountains. But maybe you're saying, I don't want to move multitudes of mountains. How about your mountain? How about just moving your mountain? Making decisions that change your life, that affect you, your home, your, your, your neighborhood, your situation. Could a single decision, could a single decision to follow Christ Change a situation in your life. Could a single decision move a mountain in your life that you make this morning? Could a single decision to worship God, to yield to God, to, to pray to God, to, to open His Word? I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Put down Facebook and open His Word. I'm, I'm begging you. I am, church. I don't know how else to say it. There isn't a multimedia, social media. There isn't a book more important to your life's security than this book. It's not supposed to collect dust. He anointed those men to pen down those words that have been translated into English for us so we can make it home. Why wouldn't we read it? Why wouldn't we study it? Why wouldn't we apply it to our lives? I'm, I'm teaching on Wednesday nights on God's Word, not because I just decide, well, I guess this is what I'll teach next. It's because I feel led by the Holy Ghost to, to teach this church to love His Word, to study it, to apply it to your lives. It is a single decision of yielding to His Spirit and His Word. That will move a mountain. It will move a mountain. It will anoint you for a greater purpose. 
It'll cause a direction that you have been searching for. It'll give you meaning that you desperately have been seeking. Church, I am standing in the middle of a decision I made on August 12, 1984. I'm standing in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Don't wait for another day. Don't. Don't say, why in such a rush? Why in such a hurry? I got all the time in the world. I talk to elderly from time to time. I'm telling you, elderly don't feel that way. All the time in the world. Today is your day. Today is the day. Doesn't matter how young or old you are, today is the day. And nothing changes. Nothing changes until we make a decision. It should be our mantra. It should be our song. I have decided. Right? What's that? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. It should be the cry from our hearts every time we're in a situation that puts in the in the valley of despair where multitudes sit. I have decided that He is my Lord of Lords. He's my King of Kings. I've decided. My mind is made up. My heart is set. Let's stand this morning. I have decided to live for Jesus Christ. No matter what people say, no matter what Facebook says, no matter what social media says, no matter what the government says, no matter what the state we live in says, no matter what our family says, no matter what our friends say, no matter what is supposed to be right or wrong, According to the social uh, uh, beliefs of the day, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to make him my King of Kings, to make him my Lord of Lords. I have decided that every decision I make for the rest of my life is going to be based on Jesus Christ's Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing should change my mind from this day forward. January 13th, 2019 should be a day to remember. Hallelujah. I worship you this morning, God. Lord, Lord, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you have allowed us to stop. You have allowed us to stop and, and survey the land we're on. Take inventory of the life we've lived. And make decisions on this day that involve you. You are my king. You are the Lord. You asked the disciples as you taught hard things. And people began to leave by the droves. You asked your disciples, will you leave me also? And your disciples replied, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. Where would we go? In Jesus' name. I know that there are things you could do that would make you a lot happier. But eternal life. Eternal life. I've decided to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.